I once read an interesting book. It said that uh, most people lost in the wilds, they, they die of shame. What? Yeah. See, they die of shame. What did I do wrong? How could I have gotten myself into this? And so they sit there and they die. Because they didn't do the one thing which would have saved their lives. And what is that, Charles? Thinking. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. You know what? I used uh, that clip from the movie The Edge about dying of shame because you get into a spot where all you can you, all you can think about is, you know, why? How did I get here? Instead of thinking your way out of it. And in the past week, in the past week, i've I've gone in, I've gone into battle with with uh, several people that can't can't think to save their lives about what's going on and they can't see clearly, which is why I use that song from 1973. I think it is. And, uh, uh, is that Johnny Nash? Somebody Nash, Johnny Nash from 1973. I can see clearly because people should be able to see pretty clearly now as to what's going on. It's, uh, it's amazing. People are talking about how, uh, Trump is, is talking about, we need to slow down, slow down testing because we're testing too much. And that's why coronavirus is spiking. And uh, and I'm going to talk more about the coronavirus spike, but I wanted to tie in my opening clip and my opening uh, uh, song is. But, you know, I say, you know, he's people are saying, well, you know what, if we had if we had less thermometers, then we wouldn't so many have any heat waves then by that logic. And I say, you know what, the idea is the more you test, the more positives we get. And nobody's in. And I hear people talking about how we're getting spikes. And people in their 30s are, are uh, testing positive for uh, COVID. The problem is, is that by the time they get there, the problem, this isn't a problem. Uh, but by the time they get their, their positive results on their COVID test, they're over it. It's done. I had, uh, we had a few people that we know that caught it. And uh, one guy said, you know, he had a headache on, uh, on Tuesday. On Wednesday, he had a dry throat and he went home from work halfway through the day. Thursday, he went and got tested. Uh, Saturday, he got his his uh, his results back and uh, that he was positive for COVID, but he felt perfect by then. And so, you know, this has been the, the, this has been the story of just about everybody I know that's had it. It lasts two to three days. And the people that are dying of it really didn't die of it. They died of something else. And, uh, and that's where I say, hey, do you, and I'm arguing with some of these morons on Facebook and say, do you not see where this is coming from? I said, you know, people used to die of, you know, we used to, we get 650 people a day in California, month in, month out, year after year, um, because they die of, of cancer, heart disease, brain tumors, uh, car accidents, murders, suicides, all this stuff. And that doesn't scare you when, you know, cause it's just a fact. But if somebody says we died, 650 people died yesterday of COVID, 
that scares the crap out of you. So, and people go, well, you need to take, take out brain tumors and cancer and kidney disease and lung disease because those things aren't contagious. That's not what I'm talking about. Open your eyes. Think. Pay attention to what's going on. Nobody dies of those anymore. So maybe all these people that are dying of COVID really didn't die of COVID. They're just coding them that because the government's paying them to say that. Hello? Anyway, I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk, I'm going to, I'm going to be giving you my opinion of that and a lot more things all through the hour today, because it's just, it's just amazing that people can't see the forest for the trees. You know, that's just a bunch of trees. Where's the forest at? It's amazing to me how, how dumb people are. And I can't believe, I can't believe that with everything going on and everything that's happening, that the, they're reporting that that Biden is 14 points up in the polls. Can somebody tell me why someone would vote for Joe Biden? Even if you hate Trump so bad, how can you be comfortable with what's going on in the country and give the reins to Joe Biden? Anyway, we'll talk about that a little bit more, but before I go any further, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, you need to talk to someone who thinks like you. And if you listen to my show and you say, hey, that guy thinks like me, then I'm your man. Call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, dear night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you uh, don't, if you want to get some information, but you don't want to talk on the phone just yet, let's stick our toe in the water. Let's see what kind of, let's just uh, ask for an inquiry. Go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo, which is, uh, you have to arrow down a little bit, a little bit from the front, from the opening page and uh, click on that. That'll take you to my lending page and you can put in all the information that you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, or Brian Goodman, and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, if you want to hear something uh, repeated that you heard on the show or you want to share it, you can get the podcast also on edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. You'll hear, you have uh, this show as well, as well as several past shows, and you can uh, download it on demand. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can subscribe for free. Have it automatically download once a week when we upload it. It'll download to your to your iPhone, your iWatch, your iPad, your iPod, your mini pad, your maxi pad, your droid, your computer, anything you can get podcasts on, and you can listen to it on demand. And uh, that way, if you have to get out of the car when the radio is playing and miss part of it, you can uh, hear the whole thing. Um, follow me on Twitter, at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. And uh, follow the Facebook uh, page for the show is facebook.com slash the main event, Ed Hoffman. Um, and if you have any comments, you want to email me about ed at edhoffman.net. All right, so uh, let's talk about what's going on. Um, well, so much for bipartisanship. We talked about, we talked about uh, the, uh, the executive order last week that uh, Trump put out regarding police reform. And um, this week, Republicans presented their bill on police reform this, reform this week, authored by the, the only black Republican in the, in the Senate, Tim Scott of South Carolina. Democrats blocked it by refusing to let it go to a procedural vote. What was in the bill? A bunch of things that Democrats claim, claim to want, including incentives for state and local police departments to make changes to their tactics, banning chokeholds, penalizing departments that don't use body cameras, 
increased requirements for use of force reports and uh, and tracking system for no knock warrants. So um, it didn't say we're going to ban no knock warrants. It said that that they're going to track them. So if you're doing a no knock warrant, meaning you're trying to surprise some bad people and you're trying to sneak up on them and surprise them, you have to fill out a report to say why you didn't give them a chance to get ready for you coming in. Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, the people that require that uh, ought to watch some uh, some crime movies. Um, the only the only dividing issue uh, the bill didn't seem to touch on was qualified immunity, which is uh, that if a cop does something while he's on while he's on uh, on patrol or while he's working, you can't sue him personally. If if he does something that violates your rights or causes you damage and it's not and it's not a uh, uh, supported, you can you have to sue the city or the police department or the government. Um, so that's that's an issue that um, the bill didn't touch on. And and but Mitch McConnell told Tim Scott that they could allow up to twenty amendments to the bill. So the Democrats' wish list could be addressed. So they could have gone back. Hey, vote for the bill, but we want some amendments. Let's discuss it. Hey, you know, it's not going to pass like this. We want this amendment. And they go back and forth 20 times and get this to where it's bipartisan. But that wasn't good enough for the Democrats who made sure the bill fell short of the 60 votes needed in order, in order to proceed. On the Senate floor Wednesday, Tim Scott said this is pure race politics at its worst because Democrats simply want to stall the issue until after the election. George Floyd's his murder is why the country has given us the opportunity to lead to lead. And my friends on the other side just said no. Not no to the legislation. They just said no. Yeah, they just don't want to do anything that is productive. You know, and, and I heard uh, Tucker Carlson say that he quoted somebody else this week saying, saying uh, anything that happens in an election year is all about politics. So I guess we could lump coronavirus in there and the race, the race, the race war that seems to be going on and uh, unnecessarily and uh, and everything that's going on. But they just don't want to agree to anything that was started by a Republican. So the Republicans have the majority in the Senate, but it's a 52 to 48 um, majority. So it's it's a slim it's a slim margin. And we need We would have needed to have eight Democrats come over to vote for Tim Scott's bill in order to pass it to go to going forward into the house. But, uh, only three other, we had all the Republicans. We had uh, two Democrats, Joe Manchin and Doug Jones and uh, Angus King, who's an independent also voted with it. But, uh, the rest of them stood by Nancy Pelosi's side and supported her, her blocking this, this, uh, this law. And what's funny is to me, if Nancy Pelosi wants to be president by having her say and all the, all her uh, majority of, of the House of Representatives follower, she should run for president. Mitch McConnell isn't staying silent either, either, but leave it to Chuck Schumer to showboat his way out of taking responsibility. No, they don't want to take up the issue. They don't want a debate. They don't want amendments. They'll filibuster police reform from even reaching the floor of the Senate unless the majority gets the minority to rewrite the bill behind closed doors in advance. Don't get on your sanctimonious horse, Leader McConnell. You have none of the civil rights community behind you. I think the politics here is that Leader McConnell wants to show he's doing something and get nothing done. Well, if that's not the, the pot calling the kettle black, 
I don't know. No, they don't want to do anything. What have the Democrats accomplished in the last four years? I don't think anything. All they're doing is trying to keep Trump and the Republicans from accomplishing anything and making them look bad because, I don't know, for the past 50 years, nobody seems to get anything done. Um, and the Democrats don't seem to go along with just about anything. Um, McConnell, uh, Mitch McConnell made a comment that it was sad. It was, it was sad. Um, and it was jarring to watch, watch, uh, Chuck Schumer talk right past Tim Scott. Hey, wait a minute. Isn't that kind of a race thing? They want Pelosi to be in charge of writing this stuff. They want, they want it to happen by the Democrats. And when a, when a black guy comes out and tries to create some uh, legislation that in response to the African-Americans, Black Lives Matter and all that group um, crying out after the death of George Floyd, it's no longer even about that anymore. It's just, hey, talk past him. And I don't know why anyone's not saying, saying that. Oh, I know. It's because the Republicans would have to complain. And, it's, and it's, it's, it's disappointing to me that none of, the, none of the big names in the Republican Party are coming out and verbally standing behind Trump and supporting him as verbally as the, as verbally and as viciously as the Democrats are, are um, slashing him. And try, you know, Demo uh, Trump is in there by himself. Even though the Republicans support him, they won't get verbal about it because they don't want to stick their heads out. They don't want anyone to know who they are until voting time. So, you know what, while the Democrats are, are being uh, offensive and dropping their responsibilities to help lead this country, the Republicans are being wimpy as well. Um, when, asked, when asked why the Democrats blocked the bill, Pelosi had no actual answer except to literally accuse Republicans of murder. For something to happen, they're going to have to face the realities of police brutality, the realities of the need for justice in policing, and the recognition that there are many, many good people in, in um, law enforcement, but not all. But so far, they were trying to get away with murder, actually. The murder of George Floyd. What? They're trying to get away of murder with murder of George Floyd. I think the guy who killed him is in jail, and I think the guy, the three guys that were with him, they're in jail too. And and I just don't, I just don't comprehend where they get off saying this stuff. But you know what? What their plan is is get the sound bites in, so CNN and PMS, NBC can play these things. And so they can push him out on social media. So all the all the dummies out there, all the democrats can can be sharing those videos and say, hey, you know what? Trump does nothing but lie. All he does is lie. Well, what does he lie about? I don't know, but he, all he does is lie every day. So uh, Pelosi also was asked why they didn't, why they wouldn't support the sort the bill, and she said, oh, there's nothing in there that we could support. Although. Although we find out uh, that, that was on Wednesday, on Thursday, Thursday, the, the House came out with their bill, which is essentially the same thing, and it passed late Thursday night. So uh, even some Democrats and never Trumpers were offended by her comments, which prompted one MSNBC host to ask Pelosi if she really meant it. The Republicans are demanding an apology for that statement. Will you apologize? Absolutely, positively not. Absolutely, positively not, you old poop. That was Wednesday, and by Thursday morning, they they passed the George Floyd Justice and and Policing Act, 
which will do exactly the same thing that Tim Scott's bill will do. It'll go back and forth until it gets gets to where both sides are are happy with the uh, with all the deal details in it. And it'll go back and forth because that's what happens when a bill happens. But they had to vote down Tim Scott's so that they can say that the Democrats came up with this. Because you know what? It's their job to make sure that the black people know that they're the ones who support them. They're the ones that passed that got this bill. It wasn't the Republicans, even though it's them that turns their back on on the the black people and the and the brown people and all the other minorities as soon as the election's over. It's them that's that started uh, the Ku Klux Klan. It's them that that fought against freeing the slaves. It's them that that fought against giving them the right to vote. It's them that support Planned Parenthood that was that was started to um, to uh, have population control in the black community. It's uh, it's just amazing that no one can uh, can seem to make that point to anybody because they're flooding the uh, they're flooding the the airwaves with uh, with the Democrat positive stuff. It's it's disappointing. So meanwhile, across the country, protesters are have torn down and graffitied monuments all over uh, monuments of America's past. Here's what and and it's it's angering to me to watch this stuff. And I think about um, let's let's put this in in perspective for 245 years. I think it's been 255 years. Anyway, since 1776, when we became became a nation, um, men have been dying for our freedoms. You know, in the Civil War, we lost I don't know how many thousands, a couple hundred thousand soldiers, white soldiers and black soldiers fighting to free the slaves from the people that are now known as the Democrats, the, uh, the Confederate Army, which is now basically the Democratic Party. And, and what are they doing? What are we doing when we tear down monuments of our history? We're just, we're just, to me, it's a total disrespect for the people who died for this country. And it's amazing, to, and, it's amazing and angering to me to watch, watch this happen and nobody's doing anything, anything about it. So they've torn down graffiti monuments of the past. Here's what they, we know they've destroyed so far. In Wisconsin, a statue of abolitionist Hans Christian Haig was torn down and destroyed by protesters who didn't seem to know or care that he fought against the Confederate Army and died trying to end slavery. Hello, should we not be uh, deterred by the galactically stupid out there that are protesting and offering to burn this place down and, uh, and destroying our history? Because they need have to, time to express their concerns. They have no idea about what they're tearing down. They're just destroying, and you're watching all the Democrat states let this happen. It's all the Democrat-owned cities, uh, run cities, all the Democrat-run states. We're not having, having such a problem in the, in the Republican states. It's all happening in the Democrat states. Can you, can you put, a, put, a, can you put a two and two together? Can you connect the dots there as to what's happening? Um, last Friday, protesters in San Francisco defaced and toppled the statue of former President Ulysses S. Grant, who led the Union Army, not the Confederate Army, in the Civil War. He won the Civil War to free the slaves. They tore it down because I don't know why they did it. And they threw, oh, and, and incidentally, they threw the statue of uh, Hans Christian Haig in Wisconsin. They threw that in the river. But you know what? They, they, don't even, they don't even know who they're tearing statues down. Let's just tear statues. All they're doing is destroying. The same day, the same thing happened to a statue of Confederate General Albert Peake near Washington, D.C. Police headquarters. Protesters took things to one step further by 
by setting the statue on, on fire. And these are the people that are concerned about the, the environment. Also in D.C., protesters tried to take down the statue of President Andrew Jackson in the park next to the White House on, on Monday. They were eventually stopped by police in riot gear. Uh, and while the Lincoln Memorial hasn't been defaced yet, the National Guard was called out to protect it. Since the people defacing the monuments don't seem to realize it, Lincoln actually freed the slaves. If they know their history, they'll find out that most of the people there that they are uh, uh, de- destroying monuments to are the people that that fought to make this nation not racist, to make it free and equal under the law for everybody in this country, regardless of race, creed, sex, religion, all that stuff. These are the people that fought for this. You know, the Democrats didn't get behind the behind the black people until uh, 1964 election when uh, Lyndon Johnson, who had taken over for uh, for uh, uh, John F. Kennedy when he was assassinated. And he realized that, hey, you know, there's there's uh, he's gotten to have uh, more more of these N word people voting in his state that he, we better turn our turn our strategy around. And again, if you want to see some uh, some actual uh, uh, documentation on that, watch Hillary's America, uh, Dinesh D'Souza's, which also is the book called Stealing America. And uh, and even though it has Hillary's name on it, it's really about the Democratic Party. President Trump said he will use existing law through the Veterans Memorial Preservation Act to arrest anyone who vandalizes or destroys any monument, statue, or other such federal property in the United States with up to 10 years in prison. The FBI is uh, investigating hundreds of people throughout the country for what they've done to monuments, statues, and even buildings. So we have very strong laws already on the books. I mean, we have a law that's 10 years. It's 10 years. That's a long time to have fun one night. You know what? It shouldn't be up to 10 years. It should just be 10 years. Hey, you know what? You, de- you destroy these things, 10 years in prison. And let's see, let's see how these people, all we can do is throw one guy in prison and sentence him for 10 years and watch how, how, uh, how enforcing the law makes everything calm down. Here's, here's uh, more of the president's comments. He announced there will also be an executive order. I think many of the people that are knocking down these statues don't even have any idea what the statue is, what it means, who it is. They're looking at George Washington. They're looking at Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Not as long as I'm here. As far as Democrats are concerned, I think they could care less whether or not it happens. And uh, I think the American people get it. So we're going to have a very strong executive order and it'll happen uh, very quickly before the end of the week. And as for, for the chaos in cities like Seattle, the mayor who called the CHOP protest at the Summer of Love block party is finally calling for an end to the anarchy. And all it took was her to, for her to wake up was a 19-year-old getting killed. Here's some audio of the, pro, of the protesters blocking the police from getting to the victim before he died. So they're all gathered around and won't let the won't let the police car come in to to uh, to to get to the victim to try and save him. So now that same mayor who mocked police mocked people um, opposed to the chop protest and basically told uh, Trump to stay in his bunker. Uh, she's changed her tune. The gatherings and protests and the nighttime atmosphere and violence has led to increasingly difficult circumstances. The impacts have increased and the safety has decreased. The continued disorder 
The violence and the impacts on residents and businesses are not just at odds with the message of justice and equity, they cannot continue to occur. We are working with community to bring this to an end. Well, this is uh, basically her, her original thoughts, bitter in the butt. And now she's, now she's going, well, we can't, she's going to show some leadership. We can't let this continue to occur. Well, hello. What was it about being a leader and keeping the, keeping the peace, law and order that you didn't understand to begin with? Anyway, apparently, uh, apparently if you, it, it, they probably got, they probably got close to the mayor's house and she started to get scared. So she changed her tune. Anyway, I'm all out of time for this half of the main event. So uh, stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, uh, commercials and weather. And we'll be back with the rest of what's going on this week. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate or financing on the show, except for when I need to. But if you're interested, the interest rates are really low, which means a great time to buy a house, great time to refinance a house you already own, great time if you're over 62 to check out one of those reverse mortgage things that you guys are, are hearing people talk about. You hear uh, the mustache out there talking to uh, Tom Selleck uh, about it on TV all the time. If you're interested in finding out about refinancing, real uh, purchasing a home, or reverse mortgage, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo, and let your fingers do the walking. <clears throat> so, hey, incidentally, I'm in. Uh, I'm recording from our Arizona house again this week. Um, and uh, before Don and I left California, we filled up our tank for $3.29 a gallon for that Supreme, and we filled up our 30-gallon tank in our Hummer. So when we get here, when we get here, it's um, $1.89. And, $1 and and it's, it's, uh, maybe it's $1.79. It's a full $1.50 difference in, in price of gas from California to Arizona. And what do we get for that? Uh, we get to sit in our homes. We get to, uh, be, uh, we get to be told what we can do. Um, we have the worst roads anywhere and, uh, I'm not really sure what it is. And if some of you guys would, would have thought before you voted based on what you saw in a commercial, if you actually read these, these propositions and we could have voted proposition six, which would have got rid of the last gas tax, which is going up on Wednesday. So if you're aware enough, you should say, should I fill out my tank on Tuesday or should I fill it up on Wednesday? Well, Wednesday, the price of gas is going up again in California. So, Hey, be aware of it. No, your vote, your vote has consequences. So pay attention, pay attention. So anyway, and you know what? And when I say this stuff on the radio, I don't want, I don't just try to, to change your guys' minds because maybe a lot of you guys that listen, maybe a lot of you guys that listen already think like I do. Maybe you're just hearing me clarify it in a little different way. Maybe you want to hear someone, someone say it in a little meaner tone than what you're thinking. Yeah, man, that just doesn't make it right. And I'm saying, this should tick you off. And uh, you know what? But you need to be repeating what I say to all your Democrat friends. You need to be talking about this. Well, I don't want to talk about politics. It might make some fights. You know what? If you talk politics, it might make a difference. So let's try that. Don't worry about make, making arguments or making fights. Let's talk about making a difference. Because all it takes is a few, is, is a few good men to do nothing. 
to let evil take over our whole country. And you're seeing it happen right now, folks. So anyway, uh, let's talk about the tale of two campaigns this week. We're seeing the campaign starting to heat up a little bit. Heat up meaning get back in gear, get out of the, uh, get away from uh, video calls. President Trump returned to the campaign trail this week, holding back-to-back rallies in Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Phoenix, Arizona. This isn't going to be one of those stories you've heard all week, disputing the crowd size at the rallies, uh, even though there's some big dispute about it. And I've heard all kinds of different stuff on uh, someone uh, on Bright, Breitbart Radio uh, said that uh, they didn't know that the fire marshals were going to make everybody skip every other seat and every other row, which uh, even though however many the, you know the Democrats are disputing, they're saying there was 6,200 people there. And uh, and the Republicans are saying, well, 12,000 people went through the metal detectors. Well, apparently, apparently the difference might be because they didn't know it was going to be stacked uh, every other seat and every other row because they were social distancing that and the fire marshal decided to do that at the last minute. And uh, I'm sure that was due to the uh, Democrat mayor of uh, Tulsa that made that happen. Um, and uh, and of course, then I won't I won't go in, into any more of that. Um, but this is this is about the the difference between president's campaign and Joe Joe Biden's campaign. You know, I heard somebody say, hey, "Well, hey, if it was only sixty two hundred people, I'd like to see where where Biden gets sixty two people at a rally and see what happens there." Trump did more than just hold two rallies this week while running the country. This week, he also toured the border, surveying two hundred twenty miles of newly built border wall and meeting with the head of customs and border protection. Uh, who said they're on track to have 500 miles of wall completed by the end of the year. This is the most powerful and comprehensive border wall structure anywhere in the world. President Trump marking a milestone in his campaign promise from four years ago, the completion of more than 200 miles of his border wall. The 220 miles of wall system we have in right now are 220 new miles of wall system that gives us an enhanced capability that we never had. You realize that the benefit of that of that wall in the southern border is going to be to everybody. And you realize that if the Democrats weren't blocking this for the last three and a half years, it would be done. I remember when Newt Gingrich ran for president, um, what was that, four years ago, uh, 2012 or 2008, I think it was 2012. He said, hey, I'm not going to do anything about immigration for the first year because the first year I'm going to be put in a border wall on the southern border. Then after the first year, when it's done, then we're going to talk about uh, uh, immigration reform because you can't do anything as long as that border is open because once we say we're going to give amnesty or we're going to do this or we're going to do that, everyone's going to come over the border. We have to be able to stop it and then decide what we do with the people that are here. Trump could have done it probably faster than Gingrich would, except for the the Democrats have spent the whole three and a half years doing nothing but trying to to, uh, stop Trump in anything he decides to do and trying to impeach him and trying to convince the world that he's bad, um, which there's no wonder why Democrats think that. But, you know, if they start thinking clearly, if they start using their eyes and ears and their brain, something will something will change. In addition to uh, uh, touring the wall on Thursday, he also toured uh, some, a shipbuilder in Wisconsin that got a five point five billion dollar uh, contract to build uh, ships for the Navy. So uh, more, uh, more, uh, more jobs, more jobs, more jobs. Testing, 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 no, jobs, jobs, jobs. So the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. Now let's compare to Joe Biden's campaign. On Fox News Sunday, Chris Wallace took a break from being a partisan to ask Biden senior campaign manager, Simone Sanders, why the former vice president is still stuck in the basement. 
We have been campaigning virtually, but just because we are campaigning virtually does not mean we are not meeting uh, actual voters across the country. But why hasn't he held a news conference for 80 days? Chris, as many of you, uh, many of y'all in the in the national press and in the Bellway press are well aware, we take pride in prioritizing uh, local media. And so the vice president is doing local media interviews. He's doing national uh, media interviews, and he's taking questions from reporters. Well, it's funny that he's taking that, doing national interview, interviews and taking uh, questions from, from reporters. How can we never see him? Nobody see, I had never seen him. I've never seen him take questions from anybody uh, that wasn't pre-recorded, which we'll talk about in a second, but uh, you know, local, they prefer to, to, to go with the local media and to, to give their attention to that. Well, one of his, one of his local media things where he's talking about coronavirus, which I'll talk about in a second, He's sitting in somebody's backyard uh, with six people back there, three couples. He's talking into a microphone and he's while he's, you know, he's sitting around, you got they're six feet apart. He's in one corner and then there's a corner with one couple and then there's a corner with another couple and a corner with another couple. That's it. Six people plus Joe and the camera crew. Is that a strategy? Is that a campaign strategy? I remember what, uh, uh, how Giuliani decided he was going to skip the first first three weeks of primaries in 2012, and when he was leading in the polls, and he just went straight to Florida and was meeting people one on one, one on one, not one on one, but small groups, and campaigning in Florida, making sure that he was ready for Super Tuesday. Meanwhile, he didn't get the the uh, the media, he wasn't in the media as much, and people kind of gave up on him for the after the first three primaries. The guy, he can't win. He's not even he's not even coming up in the first three primaries, and that worked for Clinton in 1992. But in 1992, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have not to the effect we had. We didn't have social media. We didn't have all the stuff. People weren't weren't carrying iPhones till 2007. So it was a different world back then. So Giuliani, that worked for Ju- that that worked for Clinton in '92. It didn't work for Giuliani in 2012. And Biden thinks that's what he's going to do, and that's going to be the smart move. I think it's the Democrats don't want to let him out in public because everyone's gonna. It's going to be obvious to more people that he's a moron, that he's incompetent. He can't put a coherent sentence together, to much less much less you know a press conference where people asking questions. He doesn't know what they're going to ask. Oh, can you imagine what's going to happen in the debate? Hey, Joe, well, let's talk about what exactly you meant by, hey, uh, you don't get the billion if you don't fire that prosecutor in Ukraine. You know that's going to come up. And if it doesn't happen by one of the commentators uh, or moderators of the debate, Trump's going to bring it up. I'm looking forward to that day. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find out where they are. I'm going to hope I can be in the audience so I can just fully understand. I mean, I'd probably see it better on TV, but I just think it would be a, a historic event. I like to be there. And because he's nothing, because he's nothing without his more famous friends, Biden brought in Barack Obama to hold a virtual fundraiser with him on Tuesday. Uh, you see it and you say, it's, you know, I, I posted a thing. Hey, you know what? He's, he's sitting there being silent while Obama talks. Uh, and you know, say my bro- my big brother can beat up your big brother. So that's his uh, that's his campaign uh, strategy. Supposedly, from all the grassroots contributors, he raised eleven million dollars, which I highly doubt that that was all br- grassroots contributors. I think there's a lot of people that thought they were 
they were uh, donating to something Obama was doing. And uh, but that wasn't the case. Here's Obama during the event warning Democrat voters about getting complacent, complacent like they did in 2016. We can't be complacent or smug or sense that somehow uh, it's so obvious that this president hasn't done a good job um, because, look, he, he won once. Um, and it wasn't like we, we didn't have a good clue as to how he was going to operate uh, the last time. Um, and, and obviously we have more evidence that it's not working out real good. Well, it was actually working out real good all the way up until coronavirus came out. And I think, just think it's, uh, I just think it's um, a little bit too coincidental that this happened when it happened. And it's a little too coincidental that, that uh, Andy, uh, Anthony Fauci's uh, organization, National Institute of Health, is in bed with the Wuhan lab and that we donate money to the Wuhan lab, uh, $250 million a year. And I think it's funny that the Wuhan, uh, the city of Wuhan, controlled movement in and out of their city within their, within their country, but they let people fly internationally to other countries during that same time. And I just think it's just a little bit too, uh, too uh, coincidental to think that this is happening. And while we see this is really not as deadly as people are saying, it's just too coincidental that we decided to, uh, to uh, lock down everything and destroy the economy. And, uh, and we want to keep doing this, even though most people we know that got it either died of something else and they're, and they're ramping up the numbers, or, or uh, they got over it in two or three days, kind of like getting a cold or a flu. So it just seems uh, too coincidental. And, uh, you know, hey, we, we obviously see it's not working out too good. Well, I think we obviously saw it was working out too good for you guys, so you had to do something drastic. So uh, there's a couple other clips I want to use from, uh, from the, the virtual fundraiser, um, the virtual fundraiser that was going on. Here's one of, uh, of Biden kind of jabbering, jabbering, jabbering about something, couldn't really get it together. Mass migration, disruptive impacts of technology, strengthen the global health security, stop, stop the cold war future that we're talking about. We're talking about a cold, a peaceful cold war. What are we talking about? Uh, apparently, he got to the end of a sentence in his notes, and it said "cold and war" was the next line. God, talking about the cold war, and talking about a peaceful cold. Well, cold war, cold war, also known as detente. Is called is like uh, the cold shoulder. Hey, you know what? When we were in uh, before Reagan came in, we had detente going on between the United States and Russia. They they didn't want us to bomb them. We didn't want them to bomb us. So we were just being real careful about how we talk to each other. So uh, you know, hey, a peaceful cold war. Oh, what are we talking about here? The greatest part of that video, and I posted on Facebook, is is number one. You try and figure out what Biden's saying. The other thing is to just let him talk and watch watch Obama's face. While he's doing it, he's going like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know. Second, uh, the second clip was uh, rather enjoyable. He did, take, he did take questions, but he took questions from pre-recorded video questions. We have a, a question coming up uh, uh, now from someone else. Is that true? Am I correct? Hi, President that? Obama, MVP Biden. My name is Flor Garcia. You're an ICU nurse, aren't you? Is that what I was told? So he, she's answering the question. I didn't even hear what the question was on this one. The original one had it. 
seemed like it seemed like it was a little bit longer than that. Um, and and she he goes, oh hey, thanks for asking that question. Is there? Uh, uh, I understand you're an ICU no- nurse. Is that right? And then he figures out, oh wait, that was a video. Uh, well, that's what I was told. While while Obama's looking looking at the camera, going, uh, what's he doing? He can't figure out that he gets a a pre recorded video, which he obviously reviewed ahead of time because someone told him she was an ICU nurse. But he he forgot that she's just on a video, like talking to the TV. You know what? I won't say that I never do that. I do it every night when I watch the news. I'm just kind of yelling at the TV. What the hell are you thinking? But I know they're not going to answer back. This next clip is is from his little uh, his his galvan out to that local local uh, uh, the local the local media there when he's in the backyard with the six people. He made this kind of a comment. Unnecessarily, now we have over 120 million dead from COVID. Yeah, he's uh, now we're now we got 120 dead. One third of the whole country is uh, is dead from COVID. And it was probably just it was probably just a slip of the tongue because he meant to say 120,000 instead of 120 million, which is probably no different. No big deal if I say it. But he's running for president. Come on, man. Let's get our let's get our act together. And while Obama was was talking about what happened in 2016 on that clip, uh, Hillary Clinton resurfed to talk resurfaced this week to talk about it again on a uh, question and answer for Variety Magazine's website. I didn't think I was going to lose. They didn't think I was going to lose. But I felt a sense of, you know, real responsibility. Like, how did this happen? I'm spending most of my time trying to do everything I can to retire him <laughs> and to, you know, send him back to uh, the golf course full time. So just so you know what she said there, uh, she feels responsible for Trump being in office and she wants to uh, she wants to uh, spend her time trying to retire him so he's on the golf course. Well, I th- I'm glad that she's taking responsibility for her loss, but the responsibility for him being in office is the is the is the responsibility of the voters who saw she was not capable, she was not competent, and she would be bad for our, for our, uh, our country to put her in the office. The last the last clip is actually from. Uh, just about a week ago, which is my favorite Biden clip. Here he is talking about um, how to reopen the economy and how things should be going. And he starts to lose con- consciousness of what he's talking about because he's not a logically thinking person. He's reading his notes. First, we got to do this. We got to do this. Got to do this. And he doesn't he doesn't step by step understand where he's going. And when he gets to the bottom, he just kind of loses track. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know, uh, uh, I'm beginning to get bored by my own talk here. Yeah, can you, uh, can you see why they don't want to be on national media taking questions? And, you know, could you see why I'm, why I'm astonished by these polls that are saying that, uh, that he's 14 points up in the polls over, over Trump? Can you see that? My other, my other, uh, my other thought is, I've never been, I've never been called for a poll. Mostly because I don't answer my home phone number, uh, because it's it's usually either uh, it's usually someone who's just trying to get money from me for a for a donation, and uh, and I would say that most Republicans don't. And now it's like uh, certain times of the day, if you don't recognize the number, you just don't you just don't answer it, because we have to work. We have to work. We Republicans have jobs. 
unlike most Democrats. And, you know, it's they don't have time for this. Uh, I did answer a phone call from a from a uh, uh, from a poll one time a two, three years ago. And I was on the phone for about a half an hour when I finally said, uh, you know, is this going to be over soon? Is, you know, they're asking so many different questions. So if you do answer the phone when a, when a pollster calls, you have to be prepared to be on the phone for a long time. So hence, that's why you don't get a lot of people asking, uh, answering those polls that are Republicans. And I, and I have to believe there's enough conscious people in this country that are watching what's happening and will, and will be at the polls and they will come out in droves. And that as, uh, as predicted, Trump will take 47 States because we know California is going to be gone. Doesn't mean sit at home and don't vote because there's a lot of other things to vote for besides president, but get out there and vote anyway. But California, I'm not counting on Trump winning New York. I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on that. There's a few other States, probably not. But I have to say the lion's share of this country, which is the lion's share of the electoral college, is, is conscious. And they're watching and they go, you got to be kidding me. No, no conscious Democrat can really be looking at Biden and say, this is the guy we want to run our country. Anyway, I'd ask you for a comment, except for I realize I'm talking to a microphone. You're hearing you're going to hear this tomorrow. Anyway, uh, COVID is making a comeback. I'm not saying that we're coming back from COVID. This is the this is what's in the news. COVID is making a comeback. So prepare to see it become the top story in the nation again as pro as the protests start to dwindle. And we figure out that law and order is uh is really the smarter thing to do. So what are we going to talk about then? Well, we're going to talk about COVID going up. When Anth Dr. Anthony Fauci testified before Congress on Tuesday, he warned about disturbing spikes in cases with seven states reporting uh, record high numbers of hospitalizations. 33 states seeing jumps in new infections and 34,700 new cases recorded nationwide. California broke a record on Tuesday with an increase, with an increase of more than 7,000 cases in one day. Well, people that tested positive. This prompted Gavin Newsom to make this announcement. Well, I don't know if it's an announcement, but it sounds like the prelude to an announcement that we're all expecting. We cannot continue to do what we have done over the last number of weeks. Now, many of us, understandably, developed a little cabin fever. Some, I would argue, have developed a little amnesia. Uh, others have just, frankly, taken down their guard. We have to sober up to this reality. We're still in the first wave. Can you, uh, can you feel the new lockdown order about to start happening? Can you feel, the, can you feel how he's setting the stage to say, well, we got to go back and stay in our homes and don't go out and we've got to close the restaurants and close the businesses and put them the rest of the way out of business before. Uh, can you see that coming? I can feel it in my bones. But all this will go away when there's a vaccine by the end of the year. Right, Dr. Fauci? I would be very disappointed if we jumped to a conclusion before we knew that a vaccine was truly safe and truly effective, because I wouldn't want the perpetual ambiguity of not knowing whether or not it is truly safe and truly effective. Yeah, so they're going to make sure it doesn't come out till after the end of the year or till after the election. Uh, and and why would and why would why would that be? What is the what is the logic of that? So uh, so and then the in this last minute last minute just uh, as we're recording, apparently the House voted to make uh, Washington D.C. the fifty first state. Um, why would they want to do that? 
Uh, I heard Trump say that he's uh, going to put the National Guard in the, in Washington D.C. to to take care of the uh, take care of getting rid of the the vandalism there. So, and he said, "Hey, Washington D.C. is not a state." So you wonder why Trump isn't isn't sending the National Guard to all the states because he's not allowed to unless the governor asks for help. And all those states that are having problems are because the Democrat governors aren't asking for help because they don't want they they want this stuff to go on. Can you see something that's going on here, folks? Can you see it happening? And that's why they want to make it the 51st state. So the Democrat mayor can be a governor and then they can keep uh, uh, Washington, D.C. in chaos as well. Hey, so anyway, uh, I'm all out of time for this uh, episode of the main event. Uh, so keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. Keep, keep your brain turned on and pay attention to what's going on, folks, because at some point we got to get our lives back and we got to get back to... Uh, to uh, talking some common sense and we got to get back to being Americans and it just doesn't look very good that the north that that's going to happen anyway if we all sit so anyway my name is Ed Hoffman thanks for listening to the main event and I will be back again with you next week the opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated Ed Hoffman NMLS ID number 9921 California DRE ID number 1026588 Arizona MLO license number 0926439 Branch NMLS ID number 1841782 Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199 Arizona license number 0925837 Equal Housing Opportunity